It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings, the only place you need to go to play DFS. Absolutely love me some DFS and best ball at DraftKings. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I got a bunch of media gigs, bunch of podcasts. Had an awesome conversation with Sam Schwartzstein of Amazon, former Stanford lineman. That was incredible. Talking about analytics and the alternate feeds for Amazon. Definitely check out the Ross Tucker football podcast. I'll have Greg Cosell on tomorrow's Ross Tucker football podcast. You can check me out on social at Ross Tucker NFL. Highly encourage you to do that because I'm giving away the final Madden code today or tomorrow. Again, at Ross Tucker NFL, if you are interested. He is the great Joe Dolan. Big fan of the fantasy gangster at FG underscore Dolan. For those of you watching us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, where you also see the highlight clips of every show. He looks like bad Santa. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Not drinking yet, Ross. Not drinking yet. Um, It's 9.45 in the morning, so not a little early. (laughs) You're drinking something. You could put a little alcohol in that tea or coffee yeah this is coffee it's black coffee that's um i do have a we had a christmas party at our house uh the uh the other day um and somebody brought over some like um jim bean bourbon cream liquor which i guess would go in that if i was drinking at 9 45 in the morning alas i am not um but uh i do have work to do ross but uh (laughs) like uh yeah a little too early to to twist the cap off the bottle I, i have to say yeah, that would be something. Fantasypoints.com is where you can get all of Joe's other information. Just make sure you use the code 22FEAST. And it's not just Joe. It's like a, a veritable army of fantasy betting analysts. It's really an awesome website. I'm a big big fan of it. John Hansen, Graham Barfield. I mean, there's a million guys over there. Joe, they are studs. Joe, um, it was like a month ago maybe where you were saying you're just not seeing it from Trevor Lawrence. You're not sure what <laughs> makes him special. Good, hey, Joe, good call there, by the way, buddy. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm seeing it now. I, I mean, look, the, the, and, and I think um, the comparison that Graham Barfield made um, a, a few months ago, he's a Jags fan, so he's probably a little harsh, um, is he said he Trevor Lawrence is Jared Goff with long hair. Well, at some point, Jared Goff became an insult. Um, do you see Jared Goff right now, by the way? Uh, quarterback in the Lions, potentially to the playoffs. And, no, I think I think Lawrence is better than Goff. I, I think that's – but, like, here's the thing with, with Lawrence. You know, Greg Cosell said when he came out, it was unfair to call him generational. Unfair to Lawrence, who was a very good prospect. But Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, those guys only come around – you know, once a generation. Um, so I think it is kind of unfair to Trevor Lawrence, but he is playing super, super high level football. And 
the thing that I needed to see from Lawrence, he, he's clearly got the physical ability, can move a little bit. We saw that at the end of that game. I have become a firm believer in recent years that for the most part, a franchise quarterback's got to got that dog in him. And there's only ever a couple of occasions where a guy really can show you that. Well, how about Trevor Lawrence? Basically, giving the Jaguars a shot to tie the game late in regulation, blowing that chance with a fumble, then getting that shot again, and then replicating it, and then winning the game for the Jaguars. That was a big-time example of Trevor Lawrence showing the Jaguar fans in the NFL that he's got that dog in him. And now it's coming statistically as well. The problem for Trevor Lawrence this week is the matchup. The Jets are a nasty matchup. They're a nasty matchup for Zay Jones, who might have won you some DFS cash last week. They're a nasty matchup for Christian Kirk. They're a nasty matchup for Lawrence. I'm actually looking forward to this game quite a bit, but I have to downgrade my guys like Jones and Kirk and Lawrence a little bit. You know, Lawrence is popping up in a lot of questions this week that I've seen, especially from folks who have Jalen Hurts, which we will get to. Um, But Trevor Lawrence, um, it is a tough matchup for him. We just talked about Jared Goff. Goff uh, did not throw a touchdown last week against this uh, against this Jets team. So it's something that is going to be – well, he did. He did throw a touchdown. He threw, threw one to Brock Wright uh, on the uh, on the – the the uh the final uh that fourth down play which really sealed the game for them um but Jared Goff did not put up huge fantasy numbers despite playing pretty well overall not a great matchup for the Jaguar offense in general but Trevor Lawrence yes he has arrived and I think he's finally proven that he is the <laughs> the best Jaguar quarterback probably since Mark Brunel though I don't want to erase David Garrard, uh, uh yeah David Garrard's tenure as well <laughs> I forgot about David Gerard. Okay, what about Joe the Jets offensively? So, you know, Zach Wilson threw for 317. Oh man. I mean, Ross, here's the problem for a guy like Zonovan Knight, okay? Who by the way had a terrible matchup with the Lions last week and it came to pass. He had just 13 carries for 23 yards. I think I mentioned that on the podcast last week how tough the Lions have be- become as a matchup uh, for everybody, but especially the run game. Here is the problem for Bam Knight. Zach Wilson does not throw the ball to his running backs. He just doesn't do it. His running backs got one target against the Lions last week. Did you happen to see that target? No. Wilson just threw up a hail. Oh, like, yeah, it, yeah, 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 it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was getting spun out of the pocket, and he just throws up a water balloon that Michael Carter happened to run under. That was the target. Wilson had no idea where that ball was going. So Bam Knight, despite this being an easier matchup for him, you can't expect him to get targeted in the passing game, which essentially now leaves him to be touchdown dependent, which really scares me off of him. Um, Elijah Moore, four for 51, yay. I I can't imagine anybody's trusting him in, in this matchup. Garrett Wilson's really the only Jet that I have any excitement about, but Zach Wilson is just bad, man. And it really, really makes me... um scared to play anybody from the New York Jets in in a semifinal matchup. I have to be honest with you. Saturday or when the rest of the games are for the most part. Most for the most part, yes. Yeah, Atlanta 
plays at Baltimore. How does Devin DuVernay hurt his foot in a Tuesday practice, Joe? I don't know how he hurt his foot in a Tuesday practice, but I I think it was hysterical that the Packers cut Sammy Watkins on Monday. um, And I literally tweeted, Sammy Watkins, who looked like he was carrying a refrigerator on his back, by the way, filled filled with a bunch of daddy sodas. Ross, by the way, have you had the Yingling chocolate porter, the Hershey's chocolate porter? I have, yeah. That I I found a twelve pack of it down here in South Carolina. It is like it's legitimately good. Like, yeah, it, I'm not a big porter guy, but well, uh, uh, it's tasty. I like the I like the baby of two of Pennsylvania's best companies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's uh yeah it's uh it's a really good beer, uh, Yingling's chocolate porter. Check it out. Uh, that's that's a good holiday daddy soda. Um, anyway. Uh, Sammy Watkins, I literally tweeted out as like, what does it say about the state of the Ravens receiving core when I had to literally ask myself if Sammy Watkins could help them and they claimed him. So they see the same exact thing. This game, Atlanta and Baltimore, I do not want to watch a second of this game. As a matter of fact, I might start with the daddy sodas before this game is on. 37 and a half is the total. Baltimore's a seven and a half point favorite. Desmond Ritter did not look ready for prime time. Who knows about Lamar Jackson? Uh, I don't believe Lamar practiced uh, on Tuesday, which means we could be looking at another week of Tyler Huntley. And I frankly don't want to look at another week of Tyler Huntley. This is a terrible receiving core. At the very least, though, um, J.K. Dobbins has looked pretty solid. I mean, he has a hitch in his giddy-up. He didn't practice on Tuesday, by the way, but that could just be management. Um, a, A game that... I think from a fantasy perspective is not terribly enticing. Let's put it that way. Uh, J.K. Dobbins on the Ravens side. Mark Andrews has been doing absolutely nothing. He's dropping passes. If you have Andrews, you probably still have to play him. But for, from Baltimore's perspective, it is ugly. They have got to invest on the offensive side of the football in a major way this offseason. Anything on Atlanta? Um, Tyler Algier, uh, Arthur Smith came out and said he really likes how he's finishing runs. Um, Drake London has a massive target share. The problem with Drake London's target share is the targets are terrible. So, you know, you're out there with uh, Desmond Ritter throwing 26 passes. Drake London sees 11 of them. He catches and he has 70 yards receiving, which is like, which is 75% of what he threw for in that game. It just, uh, Drake London's a wide receiver three, Algiers a flex, but this is a bad game. And by the way, this game, as bad as it is for fantasy, 37 and a half being the total, it's not even the second lowest total on the slate this week. Not even the second lowest. And we'll get to the lowest. The Lions are playing the Carolina Panthers. I was very disappointed by the Panthers offensively. You know, honestly, I was disappointed by the Lions, although they're going against the Jets. You talked yeah, about that much tougher a couple games ago. Yeah. Um, let, let's go to the Lions. Now, here is the key for Detroit. If DeAndre Swift is not on the injury report, it appears safe to start him. His three highest touch totals of the year have come in the three games in which he was not listed on the injury report. And I'm not saying game day designation. I'm saying on the injury report at all. Even if he's listed as a full participant in practice, he is not on the injury report. Now, 
They still have Justin Jackson working in there, but DeAndre Swift is the best play in this backfield when he's not on the injury report, and he is not, as we speak here on a Wednesday morning. Jamal Williams has been a zero unless he scores a touchdown. So, I'm, so I mean, you could put Jamal Williams in and say, oh, Detroit's going to score, which they might. Um, they're three-point favorites on the road, uh, but he needs a touchdown. And then, of course, you're looking at uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who is, who is this year's Cooper Cup. Um, not a great matchup for Jared Goff. He's been a pretty matchup sensitive quarterback as well as he's playing. So I might look elsewhere for my quarterback this week. Although Carolina is a little bit more beatable on the back end uh, than the Jets are. I already discussed how tough I believe the Jets offense uh, defense to be. What, if anything, needs to be said about Carolina, Joe? Um, just it's it's done. Um. You cannot play Deontay Foreman this week. And I don't care if he goes off. You cannot do it. Ten carries for nine yards against the Steelers. A Steeler run defense that was absolutely gashed by the Ravens the week previous. Um, He does nothing in the passing game. And they're underdogs in this game. Oh, by the way, Detroit's run defense has been absolutely stellar. Stellar of late. Per Fantasy Points data, The Carolina Panthers have the third worst run blocking matchup of the week, which measures offensive line success versus defensive line success. The only two teams worse are the Bears and the Texans. Um, They held Bam Knight to 1.9 yards per carry last week. As a matter of fact, if I'm playing a Carolina running back, I prefer Chuba Hubbard straight up to Deontay Foreman. And I never prefer Chuba Hubbard to anybody. But I prefer him straight up to Deontay Foreman this week uh, if I'm playing a Carolina running back in this matchup. Interesting. Um, Buffalo is at Chicago, which brings up a pretty good question, Joe. I saw bomb cyclone potentially, super cold there. We might have a bunch of weather games. How much does cold temperatures um, affect scoring and weather and all that stuff? If there is going to be a game this week that will not be affected by cold temperatures, I believe it to be this one, Uh, even though it's supposed to be frigid in Chicago. Chicago already runs the football at a much higher rate over expectation than any team in the NFL, and they're activating Khalil Herbert off of IR this week. Chicago's going to run the ball. Chicago's going to run the ball whether it's negative 20 degrees outside or 120 degrees outside. That is what Chicago does. Justin Fields. He made a special play again with his legs last week. Um, Even against the greatest defenses, he's been making special plays with his legs, though. um, He still does leave some throws on the field. I still think with with the Bears underdogs in this game, Justin Fields is just as high an upside quarterback as you can have uh, in in this matchup. And he has no receivers, by the way. Um, Equinemius St. Brown got hurt on the first first, uh, target He, he saw. He suffered a concussion. The other wide receivers on this team, Byron Pringle, Simba Webster, Dante Pettis, Valus Jones touched the ball twice and lost a fumble. I mean, it is a really atrocious receiving core. They need to join Baltimore in the market of improving the skill position players this offseason. David Montgomery, by the way, really good matchup with really tough matchup with the Eagles. 24.1 fantasy points. It was the RB6 performance of the week. Um, and if you'll remember, last season, weeks 15 to 17, the fantasy playoff weeks, he scored 57 fantasy points behind only Devin Singletary and Rashad Penny at the uh, at the at the position. David Montgomery is Santa Claus here. He's coming. To, he's coming home and uh, and producing for you in these critical weeks. 
The return of Herbert does concern me, but I don't think Herbert's going to get a full workload, especially against the Buffalo Bills defense uh, in this particular matchup in the cold weather. What about, Joe, um, you know, you said you're not worried about the weather. What about the Bills side? Yeah, what about um, Stephon Diggs? Yeah, Stephon Diggs, uh, Jalen Johnson injured against the Eagles, by the way. Um, he got he, – he, he had some good snaps against A.J. Brown, but A.J. Brown got his. And here's the thing. If there is – again, if this game's in Chicago. It was, if it was in Buffalo, I'd be saying the same thing. Buffalo drafted Josh Allen – the weather was the – everybody laughed at it. Well, look what he does on the frigid temperatures in the snow against Miami last uh, Saturday night. 304 yards, four touchdowns, 10 carries for 77 yards. Josh Allen's going to go off this week. The Bears' pass rush is non-existent. They got 17 sacks on the year. I, on my Twitter, when they sacked Jalen Hurts last week, my Twitter feed lit up. Oh, my God, the Bears got a sack. Well, guess what? They also just put two of their sacks on IR – in uh, Jack Sanborn, the linebacker. So I expect Buffalo to come out and do what Buffalo does. Stephon Diggs, wide receiver one. Gabe Davis, we know what he is at this point. He is a volatile, frustrating wide receiver. Three options, got to score a touchdown. And I think Devin Singletary is a usable running back this week and Dawson Knox, a usable tight end. The weather does not scare me at all for the Buffalo Bills this weekend. Next matchup, it's the Saints at the Browns. I saw where Chubbs on the injury report, and we also talked about this with Steve Fezzik on yesterday's Even Money podcast. Supposed to be some intense wind there in Cleveland, Joe. The projected total in this game, depending on where you look, is 31 and a half, 32. Ross, that is Iowa Rutgers level of a total, okay? It is the first time in 14 years we've seen a total below 32 points. Stay away from this game for fantasy. Stay away. Do you play Gardner Minshew or Deshaun Watson? Gardner Minshew. Do you play Alvin Kamara or... I don't know. I mean, there, there's definitely running backs you're going to play Alvin Kamara over. But are you going to play Alvin Kamara or Miles Sanders? You're playing Miles Sanders. Are you playing Alvin Kamara or Tony Pollard? You're playing Tony Pollard. Find somebody else, if at all possible. This is the lowest totaled NFL game in 14 years. We have to see about uh, we have to see about uh, Nick Chubb. But if, if I have Amari Cooper in a question, I'm taking the other guy this week. If I have a, it, it's really so bad that I have to just completely bail on this game. Quite frankly, the guys who I think benefit are obviously the running backs in the run game, and maybe the tight ends in the short passing game. Maybe a little David and Joku action. But this game is projected to be extremely low scoring, and we do not want to deal with that for fantasy. If I've got somebody on the other side of my matchup playing Nick Chubb playing Amari Cooper, I am celebrating because this game has the potential to be brutal. Chris Olave, get him out of your lineups. Like, I I can't stress it enough. This is the worst scoring projected atmosphere in 14 years. I wasn't even in the fantasy industry then. Um, Listen, I'm with you on that, Joe. That's, that is wild. You know, 
Um, you can't stay away from shopping, by the way, for the holidays. It's not too late. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. Get your loved one the gift that will last forever, the gift that keeps on giving. They write a personalized story about whoever you get it for, your mom, your dad, your significant other. It's written all about them. It gives them the front page coverage they deserve. The key, though, is the quotes in print from you, maybe your kids, maybe your siblings, depending on who you get it for. I'm just telling you right now, your mom, your wife, whoever, they will cry. Like when they read this story about them and see all your heartfelt quotes, they will cry. Myfrontpagestory.com. Happy tears, by the way. They'll cry. You'll win. Myfrontpagestory.com. Seahawks are at the Chiefs, Joe. Yeah, the Seahawks are road underdogs, and there's a couple of situations we need to watch in this game. First and foremost, Kenneth Walker did not practice on Tuesday. Pete Carroll said he came out of last week's game a little sore uh, in his return from the ankle injury, and he wasn't limited in that game. He played 75% of the snaps, and he had one of those games where you got a lot of questions about Kenneth Walker. Can I trust him? Well, if you started him, he scored 11.9 fantasy points. All right, pretty good. If you benched him, eh, he scored 11.9 fantasy points. Eh, I'm not too upset I missed out on that. <laughs> but we have to we have to watch his status. The other key for the Seahawks is the injury to Tyler Lockett. He broke his finger. He is almost certainly going to miss this game following surgery. Our Dr. Edwin Porras likened it to an injury Chris Godwin had in 2020, which cost him one game. And with the Seahawks road underdogs, again, by the way, there are supposed to be some frigid temperatures in Kansas City, uh, but not anywhere near uh, the kind of atmosphere we're going to see in the the, the games that are played by the lake. Um, it's supposed to be frigid, but with the Seahawks road underdogs by nine and a half points, if you need a wide receiver, this might sound controversial. I think I would rather play Marquise Goodwin than Amari Cooper this week. I think I'd rather play Marquise Goodwin than Chris Olave this week. Just the, those two guys from that extreme uh, situation in Cleveland, barring something changing with the weather, by the way. Um, Marquise Goodwin has had two games this year in which he's seen over 60% of the offensive snaps. He scored more than 11 fantasy points in both of those games, including a touchdown in each of those games. So I think Marquise Goodwin is somebody who, for your DFS lineups, if you need to pick somebody up off the waiver wire, I think Marquise Goodwin is a guy uh, who you can trust this week, or at least at least have a reasonable expectation that um, that he could put up some numbers. They're going to feed DK Metcalf, but Marquise Goodwin, Noah Fant, these are the kind of guys who can step up in the absence of Tyler Lockett. The Chiefs, Jarek McKinnon, this feels like a thing. Uh, so Jarek McKinnon has finished as the, the overall running back one in each of the past two weeks. Wow. And per our rush grade at Fantasy Points Data, Kansas City's got the best ground game matchup of the entire week against the Seahawks. Over the last five weeks, only the Giants are giving up more yards before contact per attempt on carries than the Seahawks. So I think it's a good spot for Jarek McKinnon to continue producing. But here's the caveat. More of Jarek McKinnon's work has been done through the air. Over the last two weeks, despite being the overall number overall running back one in each of those two weeks, he has 17 targets to 16 carries. So he's got to do it through the air. The good news is Patrick Mahomes is throwing the football, so he can do it through the air. It's also a positive matchup for Isaiah Pacheco, though. If you need a running back, let's say 
you know, Kenneth Walker misses, let's say Nick Chubb misses or they're questionable or whatever, Isaiah Pacheco is somebody who you can probably plug in in a positive atmosphere here uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs and play them this weekend against the Seattle Seahawks in a very good matchup. Giants are at the Vikings, Joe. I've never seen anything. Ross, you were there in person. You witnessed history. I know. Wild. Uh, I mean, the Colts. The Colts. Oh, boy. Um, the wild part about it is it's not even like every break went the Vikings' way. I mean, they no. had two fumble returns for touchdowns that got blown dead. Jalen Rager comes in the game, stops his route. I mean, really, if they got all the breaks, they could have come back from like 45 nothing. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Rager gets two targets, by the way. So, I don't know if you saw this. Did you ever see – you hear the, you heard the stat EPA estimated points added? Yeah, of course. So, Jalen – Rager's like targets were like on average minus four point like two EPA a piece, which means his two targets essentially cost the Vikings nine points, which is like <laughs> staggering. Um, they just gotta hope Justin Jefferson doesn't get hurt again or doesn't have to leave this game. Um, the Giants all of a sudden in the driver's seat for the playoffs. I mean, good for them, good for Danny Dimes, but he's still throwing to a ragtag group group of guys here. The thing that was impressive to me about the Giants on uh, Sunday night against the Commanders was just how good Saquon Barkley looked. That was the best Saquon Barkley's looked in about a month to me. Um, and, And obviously, I think the offense is going to continue to go through Saquon Barkley. Now, Darius Slayton has a really good matchup against Minnesota's secondary this week. I think Darius Slayton's in play. I think Richie James is in play. Uh, if you're really desperate for wide receivers, I think Daniel Dimes is in play. You know, uh, oh, I lost Jalen Hurts. Daniel Daniel Dimes is out there. Yeah, okay, I'll pick up Daniel Jones and start him in a matchup against Minnesota. Just because the Vikings managed to play like one of the single most incompetent teams I've seen in years doesn't mean all of a sudden I think all their problems are fixed. Absolutely not. I think the Giants should be able to score some points on them. It's just the fact that the Giants don't have a very talented receiving core right now for Daniel Jones. No, they don't. Um, What about the Vikings offensively? So Dalvin Cook, if you drafted Dalvin Cook and you survived some of the slings and arrows of this season, you saw what he did against the Colts in week 15, 180, uh, 190 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. This is the worst run defense in the NFL over the last five weeks in terms of yards before contact per rush attempt. We saw Brian Robinson. It looked like Brian Robinson was gaining nine yards every time he touched the football. And then somehow the, the, the commanders went away from him, which I didn't understand. I think this is a spot for Dalvin Cook to go off. But again, they're the Minnesota Vikings. I will say this. The K.J. Osborne thing, I wouldn't be chasing that. The Colts were down Kenny Moore, um, and the 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 Vikings feasted in the slot on the Colts replacements. Um, I don't think the Giants are going to pose that big a sieve uh, to to K.J. Osborne, but Minnesota is kind of Minnesota, man. We do you play feeling. You play hockey. Thielen's kind of fallen off a little bit, but he scored last week. Hawkinson had three for thirty-three, but he got nine targets. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lose my mind over T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, not 
putting up numbers when he got nine targets in that game. You just kind of play your guys. And I think it's a good spot for Kirk Cousins as well, but I really think it's a good spot for Dalvin Cook. The Bengals are at the Patriots, Joe. Uh, I, I feel bad for Jacoby Myers, but Ross, that was like, like it was, it was a funny play. I mean, and, and the funniest part was Mac Jones just getting utterly run over by Chandler Jones. Uh, did you see, uh, I think Bill Barnwell from ESPN tweeted, you know, you, have, you know how uh, Next Gen Stats does the dots? You ever see the, like the all 22 dots? Yeah, 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 yeah. What, go see if you could find, uh, I think it was Bill Barnwell uh, who tweeted out the dots from that play. And it just has Chandler Jones dot just running right through Max Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, anyway, uh, Ramondre Stevenson looked great. Probably shouldn't have lateraled, but I don't think he expected uh, Jacoby Myers to completely lose his mind. I mean, what, what do we do with the Patriots? I, I mean... I, I could see them coming out and feeding Jacoby Myers in like a kind of, you know, redemption arc in this game. I think that would be valid. Mike Hilton, the slot corner for the Bengals did not play last week. Um, so that, that led to a big game for Chris Godwin. So I think that's something that we could potentially watch here. Um, uh, Hilton uh, was limited in practice on Tuesday, though, so he could be training toward a return. If he doesn't play, I think Jacoby Myers is, is viable. Otherwise, play Ramondre Stevenson. That's it for the Patriots, who are just – they're going to have to retool everything off. Uh, they're, they're obviously going to make some coaching changes on the offensive staff this offseason. What about the Bengals? So here's the problem for the Bengals. Um, I mean, you play T. Higgins, you play, you play Jamar Chase, and you play Joe Burrow. You could probably make a decision on Tyler Boyd. The other the other problem here is the mismatch that we have on the ground. Per our rush grade at Fantasy Points data, the Bengals have the fourth worst run game matchup this week. And, you know, the Patriots did an overall admirable job on Josh Jacobs last week, containing him to 93 yards on 22 carries, four yards a pop. Um, look, Joe Mixon, I'm not saying you bench him, but he's probably a mid to low RB2 and Samaj P. Ryan just a desperation flex with, you know, how they've been rotating those backs now uh, with, with P. Ryan having played pretty well. I'm not feeling as great about the Bengals run game as I am their pass game in this game. And, you know, it's not like that. The pass game's a great matchup either. Last but not least for episode one, Joe, we've got the Texans who've been a little frisky the last couple of weeks. Against the Titans, who, as we're recording this, signed Josh Dobbs off the Lions practice squad, sounding unlikely that Tannehill plays on Saturday against Houston. I mean, there is one player I want to play from this game. Well, let, okay, let's check the status of Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins because the we know Tennessee is a pass-funnel defense. So you could talk me into Cooks, you could talk me into Collins, and you could talk me into Chris Moore, uh, depending on the, the the status of the receivers here. But the answer to the question of who's it going to be, Rex Burkhead or Wale with Damian Pierce on IR, the answer to that question, Ross, was no. Royce Freeman comes off the practice squad. He paces the backfield with six fantasy points, 6.6 fantasy points. Yay. Tennessee's an atrocious matchup for opposing running backs. Um, 
the there are, there are three players you can consider in this game. Whoever the top two Texan receivers are, and Derrick Henry, who has a good matchup against the the, the Tennessee run defense uh, against the Houston run defense. Malik Willis is going to start at quarterback. Malik Willis's style right now, stylistically, is bad Justin Fields. Like, he's Justin Fields with less juice, less experience, and maybe somehow a worse supporting cast. So even my boy, Chigga Conquo, can't trust him this week against Houston. Houston's been really good pass defense, by the way, which makes Patrick Mahomes' performance last week more impressive. Um, Steven Nelson, the corner, was out. But, I mean, this is not a spot where I'm very excited to use anybody from Tennessee, including Derrick Henry. But at the very least, the Titans are four-and-a-half-point favorites, which suggests Derrick Henry could be uh, could be important in this game, 36-and-a-half being the total, an exceptionally low total. That'll do it for episode one here of the show that's so nice we do it twice. This is a weird schedule this week. we got a couple Saturday afternoon, Saturday night games. Then we got some Sunday games, Sunday night, Monday night. Weird weekend. We still got a lot more football to talk about. Make sure you are ready for your fantasy playoffs. He's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We will be back with dessert. Episode two. Be bright and early. It'll be in your podcast app. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.